If you have your Bibles with you, we'll be in 2 Timothy 1 this morning. You find your spot, 2 Timothy 1. It'll be a single verse this morning. I'll give you a second as you find that spot. 2 Timothy 1, towards the end of the New Testament. The end of Paul's letters there. If you found your spot, would you please stand for the reading of Christ's word this morning? Be at verse 5, George. Sorry about that. 2 Timothy 1, verse 5. May you hear the word of Christ. I, Paul, am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the goodness of your grace towards us as you have gathered all of us here together as your church. The building is just a place, but you have gathered your people in order to hear your word, to be a people of your word, to be able to live and embody your word. And so at this time, we have come with many things on our hearts and our heads this morning. And so may you calm us by your spirit. May we rest in your spirit. And may you speak through your spirit this morning as we receive the word that you have for us and as we get ready to cultivate it in our hearts so that we might live it in our neighborhoods and in our homes. We offer all these things in the name of Christ. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Again, happy Mother's Day to all mothers. And uh, I try to be very attentive to the reality of, of motherhood, because uh, motherhood, as I understand it in the scriptures, it is not only, and hear me out, and I want to be very careful about this, motherhood is not only about those who bear children. It is not. Because we need to read the richness of the scriptures. Motherhood itself is so much bigger. And that's why I try to be very attentive to the fact that when I say Happy Mother's Day, to our mothers in heaven, the ones actually bore us, the mothers you currently are, maybe you have barren children, uh, to the mothers who will be, maybe you will bear children in the future. And then we need to be also attentive to the fact that uh, motherhood also is very special in the lives of those who foster children, who adopt children, that they're not the children that they had bore in their own life. But at the same time, uh, we need to be attentive to the reality that motherhood extends even into those who have not been called into what we consider motherhood today, those who bear children, but to those who have a motherly type of love in their own maybe families and in their own neighborhoods and the like. Because I can find you plenty of examples of motherhood across the scriptures that have literally nothing to do about the one who had been given birth to a child. And those who in fact did bear a child. And so it is always wise for us to think very attentively to how scripture understands motherhood. So I'm trying to do that to the best of my ability this morning, and we could go lots of places. We could. And looking through the passages in the past couple of weeks, we've gone to Eve. We could have gone to um, 
Abraham and Sarah. We could have gone to Rebecca. We could have gone even further into Rahab. We could have gone into Mary. We could have gone into Elizabeth. We could have gone all the way across the scriptures into Lois and Eunice, where we had our own uh, scripture reading this morning. But here's the thing. I want us to see something so beautiful that we find not only into our own families, the mothers that we have in, in our pews today, but the mothers that we know, the motherhood that has been expressed to us and the many other women. And I want us to look at something very, very beautiful. I want us to look at three passages in all. And I want us to see what Christ has for us and seeing what is so grand about these mothers that we know. And hear me out how we can follow their example. What's so beautiful about mothers and how we can follow their example. And you might think, well, Michael, we're supposed to be following Jesus' example. We should. That is our ultimate example. But here is another point we have to keep in mind that even Paul tells many of those he's writing to to follow his earthly example. And so we have these mothers as our earthly examples as well. And so let's start with that this morning. We're going to uh, first begin in Proverbs 31. So if you want to flip over, uh, go into Proverbs 31. We'll be at verses 26 through 31, and then we'll keep moving forward. Proverbs 31, 26 through 31. If you don't have your Bible, I'll read that for you this morning. Her mouth speaks wisdom. And her loving instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the activities of her household and is never idle. Her children rise up and call her blessed. And her husband also praises her. Many women, he speaks, have done noble deeds, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. Give her the reward of her labor and let her works praise her at the city gates. What we need to keep in mind as it relates to this passage, and really Proverbs 31 as a whole, is that this is the last chapter of Proverbs. And if you follow the logic of Proverbs, you'll see that Lady Wisdom keeps coming up. And this is a personification. Uh, I teach my 7th grade students, personification is you're giving human-like qualities to non-human things. And so wisdom has these human-like qualities. And you find her in Proverbs 1. You find her in Proverbs 9. And she is walking through the streets. And she's calling out to all men and women who will hear her voice. And to heed her and to run to her. And so you have wisdom personified all throughout the entirety of Proverbs. But then you have it landing in Proverbs 31 where she is again a woman a wife, a mother, who is calling out. And look at what verse 26 says. Her mouth speaks wisdom and loving instruction is on her tongue. And those two things we need to keep uh, in front of us as it relates to what will be happening in the, uh, the other points here in a second. Encouragement and advice. Not only is Lady Wisdom a voice that we need to be hearing. In other words, when you hear Lady Wisdom, you need to be hearing this is the voice of God speaking to His people. As He calls out to His people, he, we need to be a people who hear 
and be attentive to his voice so that we run to him in the wisdom that he has for us. But at the same time, we have this wrapped up in this verse as this woman who is speaking, this wife who is speaking wisdom and loving instruction with her tongue. I've told you many of times that I use this uh, research by Barna and it's uh, very enlightening in so many ways. But one chapter in the book brings out the role that mothers have in the household. And so I want to read two parts of that this morning. Uh, first, one of the key factors of a, a, a home that is Christian, that self-identifies mother and dad as Christian, what they typically do is that they, they ask these questions of two teens. Well, first off, one-on-one, -on -one, who do you go to? Or another question, who do you get your support from? Next question, who do you talk to the most? And these questions are asked to what we refer to now as Generation Z. That would be pretty much Amber Lee all the way down to our youngest. That's Generation Z. And so they ask these questions to these youth and saying, where do you go to to get support? Where do you, who do you run to when you talk to this person? And it is eye-opening some of the details that you get out of these studies. And these are very rich and detailed studies. But here's one that pops up in this chapter. Where do you think they get encouragement from? If you have options, a mother or father or friend or sibling or grandparent or other relative or some other non-relative, number one answer, encouragement comes from mom. The other question is where do you get your advice from? Number one answer, mom. Overwhelmingly, in both of those categories, dads usually come in second and then third in the other categories. What we see from this research, and this is an American household, those who identify as Christians, mom and dad, it is without a doubt that male and female, son, daughter, run first for encouragement from their mother. Advice, wisdom, they run first to their mother and they seek out her wisdom and advice and so you do see how our mothers are living out proverbs 31 well she is speaking wisdom with her tongue and loving instruction as well well who is the one who is prizing her parading her I love this about Proverbs 31, that right after these verses, in verse 28 and 29, it says this, Her children rise up and call her blessed. Then her husband also praises her. And the husband says this, Many women have done noble deeds, but you surpass them all. If there's one thing, and Jody nailed it on the head, kids, dads, fathers, husbands, we can do this week is we can raise up in the morning we can praise our mothers for what they do especially as it relates to wisdom that they give the loving instruction the encouragement and the advice that they give us on a daily basis and we can say uh, along with proverbs 31 we call them blessed in other words they are our fullness and completeness in our earthly life they are our fullness and completeness in our earthly life we run to them and we say, what is it about this that I need instruction with, Mom? We can run to them and know that they will give us much wisdom and loving care in their tongues. 
second point. <coughs> Jump to uh, Luke 30, 13, verse 34. <coughs> Luke 13, verse 34. This is Jesus speaking uh, to those around him, mainly the disciples. He speaks these words. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her? How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under, the, under her wings, but you were not willing. Let me read that last part again. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Now, I saw this video, I think it was on the news this past week, and there was this, I don't know how they got this shot, but there was this shot of this bird sitting in the middle of a field. She had actually placed her nest in the middle of the field, and she has these little um, new uh, hatchlings right there. And as the camera is watching this mother bird, a large tractor, large tractor starts coming towards her. And what does she do? She stays right there. And you know what she does? She doesn't sit over top of them. She actually spreads her wings over top of her hatchlings. And she gets as close as she can to them and stares this large machinery heading her way. This is the picture that you have in Luke 13. This is God's own words given to a people. Notice what he says. How often I wanted to gather your children together. In the time of fear, in the time of unexpected, what's going to happen? Here's what happens. As a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. This is a God who protects. And so let us be very careful in understanding that, yes, we have many times in Scripture where God is spoken of as Father. But there are many passages that I can point to that, that God himself has motherly-like ways as well. And this is exactly one of those very passages because it is pulled from Hosea, it's pulled from Isaiah, where God has these motherly-like tender care and loving care that he provides for his people. And so God himself is identifying as a, as a mother hen who is gathering over his people in order to provide protection and care. Here is our God who is protective over his people. And look, and we have this mother who is quick to jump over her children no matter what, to protect her children in the face of no matter what. And so when we have these passages here in Luke 13, we see that God sets us an example. Not only for our mothers in the type of tender and protective care, the loving care that's there as well, but also the church as a whole of how we too can follow in the example of God and live out the type of life he's called us to, to be a motherly-like hen who protects children no matter what is being faced. And so what you have also, let me connect this with the Barner research. Once it comes to these teens who are looking for sympathy, they need some sort of empathetic voice in their life. You know who they run to? Certainly not dad. 
they run to their mother because they realize that there is a certain type of tenderness that is there with a mother that will be brought close and they will be heard. I don't know if you've ever thought of this, but we need that sort of environment in our life (coughs) where those times where we are in need of someone to hear us, we are in need of someone to bring us close and to be able to provide that kind of tender help, that tender love, and that kind of stewarding care in our life. And so it is not surprising to see that that was the number one person that these teens ran to in order to get that kind of sympathetic and kind of care that they needed in very difficult times. And lastly, if you look at uh, the passage that we started with, with 2 Timothy 1... Verse 5, this is uh, Timothy, uh, sorry, Paul writing to Timothy. This is the second letter that he writes to him. And this is such a, a wonderful passage on many, for many reasons. But the first one is that look at the words that Paul opens this letter about for Timothy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived, who? in your grandmother Lois, and who else? In your mother Eunice. And then he says, I am persuaded now lives in you also. And actually, Paul will go on to say, continue to preach the word. Be ready to defend the word. Also, rebuke and correct and encourage others with the word. And then be patient in your teaching of the word to others. Now, I know who Paul is writing to. I've already said that. That is to Timothy. So I know that that word itself was written to Timothy, but here's the application that I do see, moms, for example. We have Paul writing to Timothy, giving the type of lifestyle that his grandmother had lived, the type of lifestyle his mother had lived, and it has settled so deeply into the life of Timothy that Paul is persuaded it wasn't me. It wasn't the other disciples who encouraged you, who was able to provide tender, loving care in those times, who was the one that spoke wisdom and loving care with their tongues in your own life. It was none other than first your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. That gives me comfort, knowing that we continue to be examples to our own children so that they can see the type of example that we can live out before them. And moms, you do have an incredibly difficult job on many layers. I'm not going to downplay anything that you do. We see so much happening in this verse, but we also don't see so much happening as well. Because we don't know the details of Lois. We don't know the details of Eunice. But it was likely their continuing preaching of the word to Timothy. Encouraging Timothy in the word. They were ready to be able to teach those words to Timothy. To rebuke and correct and encourage him no matter what. And to continue to be patient with the own teaching that they had in order to cultivate his heart in the things of Christ. 
I wish we had more lines, verses from Paul and saying, this is what Eunice did, this is what Lois did. But think about your own life. I mean, how much do people see of your own life publicly? Snippets, small snippets. What you do for your child, what you do for your grandchildren, and they see snippets. But what we do in our homes for the cultivation of the hearts of our children it's unfathomable what you do, moms. So if I could apply Paul's own words to your own life, continue preaching and teaching the word to your children. Continue to be ready to teach them how to defend the word. Continue to, to correct and rebuke. I mean, we're good at that, right? We're good at encouraging. We've already seen the data on that from Barna Research. Continue to be patient with them as you teach them what it means to follow Christ. And rest in the finished work of Christ. Because no matter how perfect you try, guess what? We're imperfect creatures. And so rest in the finished work of Christ and continue cultivating your children's hearts in the perfect work of Christ. And continue pointing them towards His own life. We thank you, mothers, for the things that you do this day. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your grace towards us that we can receive your word this, after, or this morning, that we're able to enjoy the time that we have with our mothers, that we can give honor and thanks to you for the mothers who have gone before us and that are in your presence. Lord, we thank you for uh, the mothers that you have called them to be. And may they continue to rest in the full assurance of your work. Rest in that work. And that as hard as we often try, we realize that we are a people who are to run to you, Christ. And so may we be an example of that to our own children. That we are quick to run to you. And so hopefully they will see, they will catch that. That as mom runs to Christ, as dad runs to Christ, maybe I should run to Christ. And so we praise our mothers for the wisdom that they have spoken into our lives. That we can rise up in the morning and say that they are blessed. That they have been given great favor because of you. That we can remember that it is from them that we get this sympathy and empathetic care the tenderness that they speak and they embrace with us in our lives. And Lord, we are also reminded that they teach us every single day about your own ministry, Jesus. They preach to us every single day about the goodness of who you are. And so I pray especially for our mothers that they would continue to correct and encourage our children with a great patience that looks like yours and that they would continue in that teaching, unwavering in that teaching and to be reminded that you are king and that these women are queens in your kingdom. And so, Lord, we give much thanks for them this day and may you bless them and bless them wildly in the, all the callings that they have, in all the favors that they give, in all the doings that they have in a daily basis, we give thanks for them. And so, Lord, it is in your Son's name that we give all of these things. 
Amen.